Hello and welcome to Telling It Podcast number 11. I'm joined this evening by Damien Fowler. Good, after- Good evening, Damien. Hello, Brian. Okay? I'm fine, thank Please. you. Now, for people, um, you know, you dear listener listening out there, this is actually the second attempt that we've made at this, isn't it, Damien? It is, it is. We, um, I sat down um, and did a podcast earlier on in this week during the day, but unfortunately, during to a you know, really bad signal and really bad connection somewhere along the, the Skype route, it was just uneditable. There were huge chunks miss- missing. Uh, anything I edited out just caused the conversation to be perhaps even more nonsensical than it normally is. So we decided to have another stab at it. So this is, uh, this is take two, I suppose you could call it, couldn't you? Indeed. So the, yeah. reason that we, uh, the reason I wanted to have a chat with, uh, with Damien is that a little birdie tells me that over recent weeks and months, you've been doing something... Um, from, from your organisation's perspective, something quite innovative, something quite different, and you've really been challenging the way that some of your traditional face-to-face events have been taking place. And I just wanted to sort of get you on and, uh, and have a talk through that, because I'm very conscious that, that sometimes people and organisations think that they have to make the leap from being face-to-face to being absolutely, completely and utterly online, and that's a huge leap to make, and, and quite often it's not the right leap to make either. Sometimes you absolutely need to be in the same room with people, but there's oh, still a way oh, yeah. that you can enhance that by just a few little hints and tips and tricks using a few little tools just to add a bit of spice and flavour, and that's what I'm hoping you can tell us all about, Damien. Okay. Okay. Um, well, our organisation, um, I work for uh, a large general insurer um, and I'm in the uh, curriculum design team. I've been in just for over a year. However, I've been in training for probably about eight years uh, with the same company. Um, and at the moment, uh, we're having a new claim system uh, being brought in to the business. Uh, I've been quite heavily involved in the design of the training material and uh, last month we had a train the trainer session where we would uh, demonstrate our training material out to the delivery uh, trainers who would then take that to the business uh, and be rolling that out to the larger population. Um, Now usually our um, train the trainer sessions have generally been quite a dry affair we just um, whoever's put the material together, not necessarily a designer, but somebody who's put the material together um, would then talk the um, the trainers through how they would roll it out. So basically they would do a session, the trainers would be the delegates, and then they'd go away, take it and roll it out in that manner. Quite, uh, quite controlled. It was almost quite dictatorial it, in the way it should be delivered. It was. It was. Now, I suppose on the one hand, it it was trying to get some sort of consistency, I suppose, across the board, um, but it didn't really, um, you know, some some trainers would would be imaginative with it, other trainers would tend to do it by the book, and so <laughs> consistency was still a bit lumpy, uh, depending on what trainer you were going to get. So um, I can understand from one and it was trying to do that but on the other whether it engaged learners in the right way i'm not too sure um but there was a lot of uh 
system training involved in this and it was mainly going to be systems rather than processes so we had a lot of of system training put together um and my idea initially was to just do it modularly so there'd just be tiny bite-sized chunks of systems for a particular thing um and for each job role we would then assemble a sort of suite of these uh, modules so that for your job role you would then choose the appropriate one and work your way through it um, so for the trainer trainer uh, we decided to hand this over to the delivery guys so they could experience the material they did it themselves they then had sort of chats and workouts to say how would they do it what population would they be doing it to they knew who they were going to do it to in their in their sites um and on the whole it was quite um quite a good week i think uh, the trainers got a lot out of it it was different we were giving them ownership of the material i think which was something different and they responded very well to that um now during the week i was wandering around with my flip camera uh, and I was taking some video film just of the week, and I thought after that, to sort of keep the momentum going, um, I would do um, a video of the week, just just showing everybody what they were doing. Um, in a way, it was something that we could show to the leadership team if they asked, um, and also I wanted to uh, just get a few uh comments about the week how it had gone what people thought about so you were it using, you were using the technology at this stage to capture the learner feedback then yes that, yes that's just being yeah. a traditional happy sheet or the traditional level one evaluation which um you know which i suppose you know if you're trying to promote a program if you're if you know if maybe if there's some resistance about people coming on the program when people do leave their comments, fingers crossed positive on a happy sheet, well, that right. can be used for a you know, Lots of people knock happy sheets, and I'm one of them. But actually, they, they do, you know, depending on how they're used, they can provide quite useful marketing material to get and promote how, you know, how popular, how effective, how impactful, how engaging the course was. And then hopefully you can start to then, you know, inspire other people to book on. But obviously, Doing that through a video recording, you you know you're not just reading, or listening to what someone you're actually seeing somebody, one of your colleagues perhaps, someone that you trust, actually telling you face to face what the program was all about. Absolutely, yeah, and that, I mean that that that's what we were thinking that it was it was a bit more personal, and it it gave it gave a sort of face to it really. Yeah. Um, so we we got the video footage and then i had to edit it together um which i did on imovie on an imac uh, which was quite straightforward to do really um but then i thought again we were getting back to how are we going to get this out to the population um how are we going to put it somewhere that's available that people will be able to see it um and there were various things that i thought about of course we have got a firewall um we have got it uh, restrictions uh, like most companies have um and i thought of how we could do that in a more innovative way and um 
after listening to uh, your podcast with Paul Simbeck Hampson about QR codes, uh, I thought I'd just have a look at these. I'd seen them a couple of times. I had got a reader on my phone, but I think I'd, I think I'd tried to do a, a bottle of Coke and nothing much seemed to happen. I don't know. I, my connection was bad. And I just thought, oh, well, there you go. And so I went onto the internet, had a look, went onto the site that you mentioned, and I couldn't believe how easy it was to create a QR code. And then I thought, well, if we can sort of dress this up, give it a bit of a story and a narrative, we could get people involved. They could get using the phones it gives them a bit of a taste of technology where it is at the moment for a bit of fun. I mean, it's not really a learning. It's just a video of the week that they had. It's very short. There's no real information in there that they um, need or is business critical. Um, so I thought that might be a good way to do it. So, again, looking around on the Internet, I came across Toonlet. Uh, which is quite a good uh, site where you can create your own cartoons. Um, and I thought, well, if we have a bit of a narrative in the cartoon, we could lead up to the QR code, swipe the QR code, and then you would see the video as a sort of a finishing finishing the story. Uh, and the more I thought about that, I thought because there was me behind the camera actually asking these questions when uh, I was interviewing people um, about the week. And and I thought rather than hearing a disembodied voice coming from behind the camera, um, it might be quite good to have a character from the cartoon and insert it into the video. So they would ask the questions and the questions would come up on screen, edit out my voice and then have the answer. Um, so very easily, I could put the cartoon together. Um, I'd uploaded the video onto, and then put the QR code at the end. So uh, what was, there's something you said a few minutes ago, and I thought I'll, I'll come back to that. You actually said that you know the video itself and the tune itself, there was no actual real learning to be had within it. Um, but I've actually. To, I understand. I, I understand what you mean there, but I actually disagree with that. And I think that I think that not every, I think that perhaps not everything that we do with organisations such as ours, where we're perhaps just at the start of our journey using these technologies, yeah. maybe yeah. not everything that we do has to have a learning, an overt, intrinsic learning benefit within it. I think a lot of the things that we do, we, we can. You know, if there's something there that's unusual and it's different and it's varied, such as the fact that, you know, individuals could use their phone to scan the QR code to watch a video. And as you said, you know, big deal. Really. There's no learning point there about the systems training. But what it's in, what it's, I think what it's doing with the learners is it's showing them that they can consume content in a different way and that that device that's in their pocket isn't just for sending text messages or you know, browsing the web, they can actually obtain learning content through their phone. So, you know, without perhaps realizing you're promoting mobile learning by the use of that, you're, get, you're challenging people perhaps that are going back to other teams and other departments and other areas to think about when I communicate a message, it doesn't always have to be text in a Word document. I can use visuals, I can use cartoons because it made, it had an impact on me because it was unusual. Therefore, it should have an impact on the people that I want to communicate with. So I think that I think by you know you're using the tool 
to sell the tool, which I, which is a concept that I love. And I wouldn't worry. I don't think I'd worry too much about the fact it didn't add any real value to the system's training itself. No, I think that's the thing. You're right, Craig. To be honest, I, I haven't really looked at it like that. I suppose um, that's that's quite true. And if people are then using something different, it puts that in mind, um, and they can they can either run with it or it'll stick in the mind. They'll 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 remember exactly. it. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it was it was interesting. We, I'd sort of had this idea then and sort of put it together. And you know, believe me, the cartoon is no Charlie Brown. You know, it's not going to take off in a big way. It was just an experiment. Um, and I showed it to Alan and Pete in our team, and within half a day, Alan had come back with um, a use of for QR codes in health and safety training. And he'd done a great big piece on uh, putting them next to fire extinguishers, telling you about the fire extinguisher, pointing you towards another health and safety issue in the office and getting people up and about, out of the chairs, swiping these things and wandering around the office, which I thought was quite good. Um, and then Pete, again, within half a day, came back and apparently has found uh, something called Google Breadcrumb. Yeah which um, allows you to do branching things off it. So he'd done uh, a QR code, which then you to a quiz with arrow and branching off, which I thought was, was great. So, I mean, immediately our team could then find uses for it, bring things in, in just general uh, training that we've, we've already got and traditionally done, you know, just stand there, tick this sheet, or take this sheet face and tick it. That type of thing. Yeah, I know that Google Breadcrumb is in there. Is in Google Labs at the moment, so it's not. It's perhaps not a well-known, um, a well-known tool, a well-known application. Um, but it is in Google Labs. So anybody who's looking, um, uh, you know, anybody who's listening that wants to have a look at that, um, it is Google Breadcrumb, and it's in Google Labs at the moment. Uh, it's last updated, twenty-fourth of September. So it sounds like another. Another Google in beta, so it could be there for years if if it's ever released at all. Knowing Google, yeah. It's a good point you made there about linking and, and you know and, and branching and so on. I think it might be worth mentioning that um, if you dig deep into the editing bowels of YouTube, once you've uploaded a video, what um, YouTube can actually allow you to do is to overlay a, a simple sort of rollover, a hotspot onto your own video, and then you can add a link to that hotspot to branch you to another YouTube video. So it's a, it's a really good way of you could perhaps, you know, you could do a little piece to camera and then you could put the camera on to maybe some objects or some questions that you've written on a flip chart or on a whiteboard or just anything where the learner has to make a choice between something and then have the feedback videos sitting elsewhere on YouTube, giving feedback depending on whether you choose the right answer or the wrong answer. Oh, right. Okay. I mean, I'm going to put, I'll put a link to a blog post that I wrote on it in the show notes, and, uh, and that then can take you on to you know, YouTube itself, and you can see some examples, very simple example that I did about choosing the best audio recording device for a specific um, scenario, and depending on which one you pick, depends on whether you get some you know, positive feedback or you're perhaps coached in the right area to make have another choice. So that's... Oh, right. I didn't know you could do that on YouTube. Yeah. 
to be honest, Peg. So, I mean, that's that's something new news for me. Learning two ways. <laughs> Absolutely. Every day is a learning opportunity. Every day is one. You mentioned uh, that the learners, the delegates, you know, received this really well and there was positive feedback. But as is always the case, often in order for these things to to gain legs and move about, there's some sort of management, you know, feedback needed. There's management approval. Um, have you had any, has that taken place? I realise this has only just happened for you, but has there been any sort of feedback from management on what their thoughts are? Well, our head of our head of um, our department uh, really liked it, um, and uh, we have a quarterly newsletter, and it's gone forward for that newsletter. And so, I think in the next couple of weeks, that'll go out to everybody in HR. And they'll have a copy of that cartoon and the QR code. So uh, I'm hoping for more feedback at the end of that. We might get the head of HR to uh, to swipe it and see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you know, hit it at the top and um, and get that buy-in. And and you know, who knows? Either this, you know, the approach that you've taken with the particular tools could really gain legs, or actually, that might be the. Um, you know, that, that might be the crack in the dam that perhaps starts to, to break down some of the reluctance or the concerns or the reservations about using these tools in general, let alone QR codes and and um, and, and comic, you know, tune up comic producers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Fingers crossed. So yeah. it sounds like it's gone well to date. It sounds like you've had some good feedback, both from your and from your learners and also from management. As is always the question, what you know, what's next? Is is this it? Are, are you just sort of a I'm, this is a loaded question. Are you just going to always, or have you got other things um, lined up? Um, well, at the moment, we we like the idea. We've put prototypes out to say that this is how we could use it. Um, the next step now is to see how we can get readers or how we can sort out the sort of firewall issue because, of course, if people are using their own handsets, they can't come into the firewall. So although we could use a QR code to take them to sort of policy or, uh, you know, scripts on our intranet, it, they won't be able to get through that firewall. But then again, uh, we can't get any sort of work-enabled um, hardware to go outside of that if we were to upload content, say, on YouTube or anywhere else. Um, so that's the next sort of... I wouldn't say uh, milestone necessarily is a hurdle um, where we think what can we safely take out so that people can can get it with their own devices or do we look at getting some sort of readers you know for everybody who comes into an induction uh, say uh, and we in, we involve we, we involve some of these techniques in our induction program um you know we've been i mean we've been talking about getting you know even ipod touches now i've got cameras they can they can get the the code reader on that and they can do photographs it can allow them to do a lot more things uh say with an ipod touch um but of course that means cost uh, and that's something that we need to look into so um there's a lot of things that we need to consider but um I haven't heard that they are ruled out completely. Right. So fingers crossed. So fingers crossed. Just, you mentioned about iPod touches there, and obviously 
you know, well and truly sort of getting into the realms of mobile learning. I don't know if you if you're following this guy on Twitter or not, or anybody that's listening. But um, if you um, if you sort of look for James Clay on Twitter, um, his website is elearningstuff.net. He's uh, a Gloucestershire college has you know has worked in this field in this arena for many many years, um, and nice. he, you know he's heavily involved in mobile learning. Um, but on a very accessible level, you know, without using ultra complicated or expensive tools, because he works in a college, it's got to be sort of tools that students, that, that teenagers, that you know, adult learners that have got access to. So really starting point right. there, if you want to, you know, if you just want to sort of find out more about the, the, not the theory of it or the, you know, the concept of mobile learning, but if you want to sort of listen to someone who is doing it for real, and he's having some right. real success with it. In fact, he was featured on um, something like Granada Southwest or their local TV program in the last month or two because the work that they've been doing with uh, Nintendo, I think Nintendo DSs within their college have been using those with some really innovative ways for mobile learning. So um, check, you know, check that out. All right. Oh, I will do. Thank you. More than welcome. So. Um, that kind of wraps us up, I think. I want to wish you all the best for, um, you know, for introducing these technologies with a new organisation. Fingers crossed. I know we're going to keep in touch online anyway. Um, yeah. You know, look forward. Maybe come back again at some point in the future and let us know, you know, what progress you've made either with the new stuff, you know, what you're looking into, or you know, the technologies that you, you you're already trying out and what progress you've been able to make. Okay, Craig. Will do. Thanks very much for you're asking me. You're very welcome, Damien. Speak soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.